Michelle Donnelly, and this is the Christian Single Moms Podcast. I believe that every single mom can discover a life of peace, power, and purpose, and that you can do it right through the things that God is carrying you through in your season as a single mom. Here we talk about all of the things that matter to a single mom, but most of all, I hope you found a place where you feel like you belong. Let's get started. I'm so grateful that you could be with me for this conversation today. I'm your host, Michelle Donnelly. As we head into the holiday season, I know that there's a lot of strange and mixed emotions that come along with that. And as you start to unravel those emotions, it's critical to know where you can be safe and who you can share those with. And that requires, though, a degree of vulnerability that may be foreign or uncomfortable for you. I'm joined in this conversation by author Kelly Fabian. And Kelly wrote a book called Holy Vulnerability. And we're going to be talking about what it is to first engage in being vulnerable with God and how that then extends to our relationships with other people and how even in our brokenness that we can be met with love and compassion as we explore these conversations and relationships. If you're enjoying the podcast, would you take a moment and leave a ranking or a review wherever it is that you listen to this podcast? It helps other women to find our community and just let them know that there's a place that they belong. Also down in the show notes, if you are new to the podcast, you'll notice a link to a quiz. It's called What's Your Loneliness Type? Loneliness is something that all of us single moms have to deal with, but the reasons why we deal with loneliness are different, and they don't necessarily have that much to do with whether or not we're in a relationship. So if you'd like to learn more about your own experience with loneliness, what's causing it, and then some of the ways out, go ahead and click on that link or head over to agapemoms.com forward slash quiz. This time of year can be especially overwhelming and can seem to be full of emotional landmines and triggers. But even in that, one of the things that Kelly shares here is the goodness that there can be in remaining in the present and being vulnerable with the Lord right where we are. Here is my conversation with Kelly Fabian. Kelly, I'm so glad to have you with me today. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Kelly, I am so thrilled about this conversation because vulnerability, I think, is something we all have to confront, especially when we've had relational pain, and it can be a difficult thing for us to approach. But the way that you approach vulnerability is for us to understand that This is something that also we actually work through in our relationship with the Lord too. And he, in being a perfect father, is actually the first person, I think, that I've experienced where Mm -hmm. it's just perfect for us to go to him first. Mm -hmm. In your book, you describe that the opposite, though, of vulnerability is unholy leakage, which I think is kind of a fascinating way to look at this as we kind of consider what this means for our spiritual maturity. So Mm -hmm. I want to know if you would describe for us that concept of unholy leakage and what can happen if we avoid this topic of vulnerability. 
Yes, that's a great question. And one that I, I feel like um, this idea of unholy leakage I run into constantly because the way I think of it is when something is going on, when we're exper- experiencing shame or anxiety or fear or just kind of in our own kind of state of, you know, something is going on um, and we don't realize it. And sometimes even when we do, I would say sort of all the stuff that's not great, like our, not our best selves, you know, our impatience or we snap at people or um, we judge people, whatever that is, is the way I view it is it's just like leaking all over anybody who's around us, Mm -hmm. you know? So as an example, your family often gets the brunt of that. And so I know that, you know, if you're with your family more often than you have been in the past because of COVID or whatever other reasons, um, you might start to notice, gosh, why am I feeling so impatient with this person? Or everybody probably knows that sense of when everything one person's doing is getting on your nerves. And it's Mm -hmm. like five minutes ago, I was fine. And all of a sudden, or, you know, whatever the timing is, every little thing is getting on my nerves. So that is, I think, a sign to us that we have removed ourselves from, you know, sort of being truly vulnerable in God's presence. And that's not to say in that other person's presence, but rather something's going on that's causing this other sort of thing to happen, this, Mm -hmm. um, these side effects, if you will, this unholy leakage to happen. And if we can recognize that, if we can say in the moment to ourselves, oh, gosh, it really feels like I'm spewing on this person or whatever. I think we can go back and trace it to the fact that something's going on that we haven't quite dealt with, we haven't invited God into, and that we need to address. So that's where Mm -hmm. I think we can turn into being more vulnerable and seeking to do that intentionally to avoid, you know, that leakage that's going on. Yeah. I love what you pointed here to as well with shame or anxiety that these can have this, this leakage can have a variety of different origin points and they might Mm -hmm. actually come from our experiences and our relationships with other people. This could be pain that actually was inflicted upon us by another person, but that so often where we might direct that back into a relational context, this is actually an invitation mm-hmm. for us to take this to God mm-hmm. and a, an opportunity for us to turn towards him and to gain some healing and some insight and some wisdom as we would consider how to step forward. But so often we are in that kind of reaction mode and we might even be looking at ourselves and going, why did I do that? Why mm-hmm. did that bother me? And I know I, yeah. as you said, with your family, they get the brunt of it. Many times I'll turn to my kids and I'm like, I am so sorry. I am momzilla right now (laughs) because I just, I'm leaking, right? As you said, Mm -hmm. and, and it's hard to get a grasp sometimes on where to go with this because so often we're staring at like, well, what's the origin of this? But Mm -hmm. perhaps it's not, that's not even necessarily the right question. Yeah. I mean, where it comes from is certainly important, of course, because you'll get to ultimately, hopefully being able to invite God into the healing of that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, the first sort of, I don't know, move is to recognize it and invite God into it. So Mm -hmm. often, I mean, you think of the story of Adam and Eve when they, you know, they sin and then they hide and then God's looking for them. And like that, just that instinct that we have to hide from God. And sometimes it's not even hiding so much as we, we like, don't even think about it. You know, Mm -hmm. it's kind of weird. We get very sort of tunnel visioned and 
there's times when I think to myself, I mean, this cracks me up, but I really do this where I'm like in the process of some kind of thing, like I'm impatient or whatever. And I'm thinking to myself, I should pray about this later mm. as if like <laughs> later. I mean, it's so dumb in a way yeah. because it's yeah. like, no, I like, I could pray about this right now. And saying I should pray about this later just sh- sort of shows you that I'm a little bit away, uh, like a step away from God. Not He's not a step away from me, but I'm thinking that he's somewhere else. And so I should remember to put this in my calendar and pray about it later. But when in fact, I can just right be now. like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll get on his calendar, you know, but you can just right in that moment, oh, God, what's happening? Help me kind of that invitation that we mm-hmm. see, you know, in the Psalms and we see everywhere mm-hmm. um, is always there. And so, yeah, I mean, I think just being aware of that in the moment is some of the practice and then being able to accept kind of that invitation that God has already and is continuing to extend to us Mm. in the moment is is a really important piece. That's so good too, because I think we have our go-tos. We have our... Uh, friend we're going to vent to, or we have whatever the comfort thing is. And we'll talk about Mm -hmm. that in a little bit as far as some of our coping strategies. And if we could just be aware that we're using those strategies, we can go, wait, 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 wait. Um, But Mm -hmm. some of this also though, too, as you mentioned, it either has to do with us and our understanding of God. Is he too busy? Does he care? Mm -hmm. Is this too petty for him? You know, those kinds of things. But then also sometimes our awareness or lack thereof of ourselves. And Mm -hmm. as you mentioned, shame is a big barrier to that shame and feeling that we're not measuring up or that we have missed it so badly, you know, whatever the thing would be that we just sometimes end up burying these Mm -hmm. things and saying like, Oh, like, I don't, I don't even want to look at that because I'm afraid Mm -hmm. of having to deal with what that really means. I'm afraid of what that means about me. And I'm afraid to find out what do I think about myself or what does God think about me? So mm. when it comes to shame, Kelly, how can we start to approach things like sin and shame in ways mm. that can open us up to vulnerability? Yeah, I mean, this is, this is a big question. And it's one that, you know, the the practices in the book are designed to sort of help that. Mm-hmm. But I would say, you know, the we have to, I guess, the you know, the pre-step is soaking in the truth of who we are in Christ, who we are as people made by God, created by God, and designed to be in relationship with Him. So, if you are living your life thinking that God is this big, scary, kind of absent person in the sky, of course you don't want to show that to God, right? I mean, like, who would do that? That doesn't make any sense. And that's completely against anything that probably your own life would reflect. Like you don't take scary, vulnerable places of yourself to people who you can't trust. Mm-hmm. So the it really does start with ensuring that you're you're aware of and you keep reminding yourself of who you are in Christ. And even if you're not a believer yet, or even if you're exploring faith, there's something about, you know, kind of I think in our world today, there's this interest in God as this thing out there, like that's holding things together. And we look for safety in God. But in Christianity, in Christ, we have this man. And often we don't have good experiences with men. Um, Mm -hmm. That's kind of, you know, part of some of our stories. And so that doesn't feel okay. But to know this man, Jesus Christ, if you look at the scriptures and you see what he was like, especially with women, Mm -hmm. you will 
or at least my hope would be, you would say, oh, this is somebody I can trust. This is someone I can um, talk with. If you look how he engaged with the women that he encountered, it was in such a loving, grace-giving way that, you know, covers up or removes or even destroys all levels of shame. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think like that's the pre-step is sort of soaking yourself in who it is God says you are, as opposed Mm -hmm. to who it is maybe, you know, someone you used to know says you are, or the Mm -hmm. culture says you are, or, you know, whatever it is, but really soaking in the truth of who you are. Um, And so I think that's the first step. The next step is it's a lifelong process. Like it's not, I mean, you know this, but it's not a snap of the fingers and it goes away. And God doesn't work that way for reasons I don't totally know, I think, because he's Instead of wanting to put a Band-Aid on it, he's wanting to deeply heal and soothe Mm -hmm. that wound. And so he works slowly over time and he invites us into the process. So I think through the practices that I mentioned, this is a way of allowing God to do that slow, good work in us while all the while remembering who we are in, Mm -hmm. in Christ. You know, you saying, you know, for us to first look at who God says we are, that was actually a really hard thing for me. You know, Mm. that song that says, I am who you say I am. I remember singing that song going, I don't even know what the words to this song mean. Mm. And Mm. I realized though, in in reading the scriptures and in reading about Jesus and his interactions with people, I was putting this layer of shame and condemnation into his words that were not there. And, Mm. you know, so where he might rebuke somebody depending on who he's speaking to, you have to understand it was different. He might gently correct someone who really needed a gentle word to just push them, nudge them in the right direction versus people, for example, like the Pharisees that he would rebuke sharply because Mm. they were propping themselves up against him and his authority. Mm. And Mm. it really took some time to ingest what if you took yourself out of the Pharisee seat? You know, what if you stopped mm-hmm. reading that all of it sounds like that and put right. yourself into the seat of the woman who's caught in adultery or the woman at the well or mm-hmm. the woman who has the issue of blood? You know, all of these people right. who he responded to so gently and so carefully and recognize that that is the Jesus that he wanted me to know was there the whole time, but it took some time and it took even some understanding of studying what other people's viewpoints of these uh, conversations were. And if we're honest, some of these stories have been taught to us in ways Mm -hmm. that really just highlight the other person's imperfection more than the goodness of, of the savior in those instances. And so there's a, there's a recorrecting that goes on in here, but if you're in fellowship with good people and you're at a good Bible teaching church, Mm -hmm. the Lord will, will just take that curiosity and continue to correct your viewpoint to start to see him the way that, that he really is. But as you said, it's a journey, (laughs) you know, it's a journey. And a lot of that is I recognize, you know, seeing him as I I would see him as kind of the way we go to a doctor, you know, where it's like, Mm. oh, I need something and then I'm out and then, oh, I (laughs) need something and then I'm out. And just Mm. so much more. I recognize, though, that as I am just falling apart, you know, in in these intervals in my life where he is so much more, he wants to be like, not just the doctor on call. He wants to be your in-home physician. He wants Mm. to be the one that you vent to first. He wants to be the one that you just pour it all out to. And I think when you have that image corrected, it makes it so much easier to go like, Jesus is my best friend. Like Mm. he, of of course I would take it to him first, but 
there's a little bit of a, a curve <laughs> to getting there, Absolutely. especially if you've been hurt by people too. Yeah. I mean, one of the ways I like to think about it too is, I mean, your audience is moms for the most part, right? And I remember one time someone telling me a story about every time they prayed, they would fall asleep and they were like really shaming themselves. You know, they set this time apart and then they would fall asleep and just kind of being like, I just wish I could stay awake and I have to change my process and, you know, that, 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 mm-hmm. that, all these kind of I shoulds, you know. Mm-hmm. And someone else, it wasn't me, said to them in that moment, you know, um, if you have a kid and they're sitting in your arms and telling you a story and then they fall asleep, are you mad at them? I mean, it's just about the best thing, right? As a parent, as a mother, when your child falls asleep, not only because you're exhausted, but because they're safe, they feel safe, they feel Mm -hmm. like they can relax into you. And so the same is true with just how we view God is like, we have such a distorted view, I think, Mm -hmm. of course, Mm -hmm. he rebukes, and he convicts our hearts and things just like a parent would, just like a mom would. But he's also does that in this loving, gentle, generous way that, that we all would as moms, you know? Yeah. yeah. Now, as it comes to our coping strategies, though, and we've been kind of talking around this subject a little mm-hmm. bit, but when it comes to where we do go first, though, I love how in the book you describe that coping often is us looking either too much at the past or too much at the future. And that mm-hmm. really what we need to do is get ourselves more oriented towards the present, but that can be yeah. really strange or uncomfortable for us. So mm-hmm. can you describe that for us as far as how we can learn to pull back from some of these coping strategies and engage in the present? Yeah, again, it's a process and it's hard and not all coping is bad. You know, like I think God gives it to us as a gift so that we aren't overcome because the certain circumstances can be completely overwhelming and harmful to us, right? So coping isn't all bad, but when we're experiencing kind of this desire to escape or avoid or numb, that's when it starts, I think, to become more of a problem and just more of a Um, something to notice like, oh, look, I'm immediately scrolling through Facebook after I had Mm. this conversation. And what do I notice about that? I'm, you know, I'm escaping. So I think, um, you know, the, the way to be present is to first know that you're not always going to be present and to let yourself off the hook a little bit Mm. um, in terms of, cause that can create more shame, right? That's not (laughs) what we're looking for. Right. Right. But it's, 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 again, it's this noticing maybe you're biting your nails or maybe you're um, every time you have an encounter with a particular person, you are going online shopping or you want to have a drink or you, you know, whatever you can fill in the blank there. Um, so it's looking for those kinds of patterns and realizing that instead of kind of confronting the moment and saying, God, help me with this so that I can respond in the best way or so I cannot shame myself or so I can listen to your word and who you are instead of the voices in my head or the past that I've had is to, um, you know, to really begin to notice those, those coping mechanisms and confront them Mm. and invite Jesus into them so that they start to dissipate and cause less shame and less anxiety. They're still there. The idea isn't that you're, I mean, the idea of coping is that you're getting rid of like, I'm just not going to face these. The idea of anti-coping, whatever, Mm -hmm. is that you are going to face them, but they're not going to be as scary or as worrisome as they have been in the past because you're doing it with God present with you or in the Mm -hmm. power of the spirit, maybe Mm -hmm. a better way of saying it. 
That's so good. And I think a lot of times we adopt these coping strategies that are unhealthy and they become familiar to us. And they seem to be this thing that I would never want to invite Jesus into this. You know, we know this is maybe even if it's sin, we know I am engaging Mm -hmm. in something that I don't, I would not want God to know that I'm doing this, but if he knows all things. And I think that was the thing that really made Mm -hmm. vulnerability easier for me. I was like, he already knows this. (laughs) So I just have to admit to myself that he already Mm -hmm. knows it. But in admitting that I can also admit he loves me still. Mm -hmm. And so even in the midst of these things that we might think exclude us from relationship with the Lord, he's saying, no, 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 no. Even when you're in that, I'm still here and I'm not going to leave you. And I think that is the thing that we want to know when we're vulnerable, whether it's with another person or whether the Lord it's, if I show you this, are you okay with me? Mm -hmm. Or are you going to walk away from me too? Mm -hmm. There's a, there's a very deep pervasive sense of rejection that comes along with revealing ourselves and being fully known. We're, we're afraid that we could not be fully loved in these instances. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what ends up perpetuating long cycles of just being stuck. And again, some of these behaviors we can know are very destructive and other times they're, they may not even seem all that destructive. One of my coping strategies was overachieving. That's so socially acceptable, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but I was dying inside. Mm -hmm. And so it's one of those things to say, now I've attached my value to all of this. So it's the opposite mm-hmm. end of the spectrum saying, I'm doing this thing. And I feel like if I stop doing it, that I'm going to be displeasing to you. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's such a hard cycle that we can really get trapped in. And that's why I think we need, I mean, the, the practices that I talk about are things that are part of our everyday life that get our bodies engaged with the present and that's why they help us stay in the present and they Mm. help I think as God works through them you know they help us with that kind of cycle of continuing to do this and do that when we're really just numbing and escaping when we can be doing things that are actually moving us toward love moving us toward God Mm. and are healing us at the same time Mm, that's so good I'd like to take a short break from our conversation to mention our sponsor, Faithful Counseling. Faithful Counseling is Christian counseling that is available on the go, and it works through an app where you are able to schedule video sessions or just chat with your counselor throughout the course of the week. And I've found that having the combination of Christian teaching and counseling together was so encouraging and so healing for me. If you have been considering Christian counseling and you would like to give Faithful Counseling a try, you can get 10% off of your first month by going to getfaithful.com forward slash single mom. Let's talk about some of those practices. And in the book, you mentioned that a lot of them are surprisingly external. Sometimes we think this vulnerability journey and this healing journey is going to be so Mm -hmm. internally focused, but you Mm -hmm. highlight the fact that that's not necessarily the case. Yeah. I, I mean, in some ways, as I wrote this part of the book, I was thinking this seems so obvious because I mean, obviously we have bodies, right? It's sort of like Yes, we all know this. And so, and we all also know that the, when we experience shame and fear and anxiety and most of our sin, we experience in our bodies, right? We experience mm-hmm. like sort of the adrenaline rush that comes with anxiety and we shake or we experience, you know, fear of that pit in your stomach or you experience, you know, um, sin and, you know, un, uh, innumerable ways that we use our bodies to try to cope, 
you know, with things in our life, with being human, frankly. But in Romans 12, 1 through 3, which is where I sort of realized, oh, this talks about our bodies. And there's a lot more about our bodies in in the Bible than I, I don't know, I realized or whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But it's talking about offering your bodies as a living sacrifice. And my thought has always been that if you have anxiety, if you have fear, you, I mean, you cannot think your way out of it. Like you can't just be like, well, I'm just not going to be afraid. I know that there are people that seek to do that and they have a mantra and stuff. And I think that can work with some other things as well, but just trying to think yourself out of it, it doesn't work from my no, perspective. No, especially um, like yeah. I have the overthinkers dilemma. It's like, that's the right. reason you're anxious in the first place. It's even worse. <laughs> right, exactly. exactly. So, um, so the practices actually, because of these, you know, shame and anxiety and fear and sin are all like, we, we can hear these voices. You're not good enough. You're not valuable. This is going to hurt you. You know, all the things, Mm -hmm. the turning to the external, turning outside of ourselves is actually what scripture really says all along. It says, turn to me, meaning Mm -hmm. God. It It says, love others and loving others. If you read after Romans, like after the in Romans 12, after the first couple of sentences, then the whole book, the whole rest of that chapter is about loving others. Mm -hmm. And this is, Paul says, how you are being a living sacrifice. And it is precisely in this way that we get beyond ourselves and we begin to love others and love God in the ways that we're called to, the way that we're made to be. And this is what causes us to be in the present. There's nothing like being in the presence of someone else's hurting more than you are to bring you out of yourself mm-hmm. and to allow you to be in the present moment. There's nothing like that because mm-hmm. it's so painful to sit with somebody and be present with them. And that's what God says love is. And that's what he does with us. Yes. And I love the approach that you took toward this too, because I think if someone hasn't read the book, they might be hearing you say, well, the answer to your internal strife and stress is to just go love somebody else. Somebody and else. Yep. there's no, but there's no bypassing about what you're talking about that in this um, external way, we're, we're engaging though, spiritually in community with other people mm-hmm. that as we're being vulnerable with God, we're also being vulnerable with other people in the way that we are exchanging, that there's an exchange mm-hmm. that's happening here yeah. and that we're using that relationality that God has blessed us with as a healing mechanism for ourselves and for other people. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that this is meant to take us from isolation where our overthinking might bring us to and say, let's get out of your head and let's get into real life. Let's put our, our hands in the dirt, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I love is that earlier this year, the Lord illuminated to me the rest of Romans 12, as you mentioned, and how so much of that discussion about loving other people is via our spiritual gifts. And so it's one of those things that as I was being vulnerable with God, one of the things I was saying to him is you made me a person who is good at this and who is strong in these ways, but it hurts me. Like this is Mm. a, this is actually, there's a burden to bear in some of these gifts that you've given me. And in opening up about that pain and how hard that is, he just so gently revealed that, yes, I know, but this is also part of me that Mm. these pains that, that we know the rejection, the Lord knows them as well. And Mm. so that me being rejected in this way, the Lord knows that too. So he's sharing in the suffering, but then also saying, I, I see you in that, 
but I've also gifted you this, that this is actually a thing that's also though connecting you with this person and is drawing you in and, and I have place for you here. And it's just this sense of like, of just belonging all yeah. the way around, belonging to God, belonging to people. And just that, that feeling that, okay, I can fit that. There's not always just the sense of rejection that comes when I open up what, what yeah. mess is in there that we can expose that for what it is. And then just continue to press on. And I think that was just the most beautiful tie-in between mm. something that God had revealed to me earlier this year and reading your book was just this section of Romans 12, where mm. this, this whole idea of being a living sacrifice that we're imbued and empowered by the spirit to do that. And mm-hmm. so this is not about like bucking up and, you know, just get right. over it and get in the ring or anything like that. Right. It's really engaging that part of us that is attuned with the spirit and then just moving through life with it and just allowing though this tension between the pain and the purpose though of our life to mm-hmm. live at the same time. And I think that tension though is yeah. what we really do wrestle with. Yeah, it's I mean, yeah, I I so badly wish I mean, sometimes you just wonder like why doesn't Jesus just come now, right? Yes. Like why doesn't God <laughs> just heal us like this, you know? And why do we have to sit in this tension of where, I mean, so often kind of to what you said, our gifts are the very things, the opposite side is our shadow side. Like we Mm -hmm. have this extreme ability to get things done. And the shadow side of that is that we, that becomes our identity or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so, so often God is trying to pull us along and use the ways that we've learned about ourselves, use the ways even people have hurt us to empower us and to um, empower the body of Christ as a whole. You know, the fact that you have suffered something, first of all, makes you closer to Christ than those of us who have not suffered something. And that in and of itself is a gift, mm-hmm. even though we don't always see it that way. Yeah, yeah. And so that then God uses that to pull us along in, in the body and heal you know, he does it, but he does it through us to heal others, to know I'm not, you know, you encounter people maybe who have had the same experience as you or, or similar. And it's like, you're, you're the person there to say, you're going to make it through this. You're going to be okay. God loves you. God is with you. You know, you're, that's what God has purposed you for in, in a lot of ways. And that's how he uses us. And I think the thing that's so important about this though, is that it was not like, oh, I just suffered. And now I have so much to pour out and give to other people. Like God taught me how Mm. to belong with him, how to be received, how to receive Mm. myself, to know Mm. myself completely vulnerable with him and be fully, completely accepted. And then Mm. he brought also the mentors and people to minister to me. You know, this was not like I was the first link in the chain. There were other people who had gone through these similar experiences before me that I relied on their faith to pull me through and to teach me how to just sit with the pain and allow God to minister to me in the vulnerability of that. Mm. And then in the healing, that's when he mobilizes us and says, even if you're only five more minutes ahead of someone else. That's when he gives us the courage and he gives us opportunity to just be a little bit of a light, even if it's Mm -hmm. just a little, like even if it's Mm -hmm. just like a flashlight, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like you might not be a full raging fire yet, but that's okay. Like he just grows us up through these things, but it's a legacy 
that we inevitably, he brings people into our lives to pass it to us. And it's just like that Olympic torch, you know, it's from one to the next. And that is the beauty in vulnerability with God, but then also learning, okay, these are also people who are vulnerable with God too. These are people who are safe because they know what it is to have to put this out there and to bear it and Mm -hmm. to know that that's risky, that that feels Mm -hmm. threatening and to honor that sacrifice. And I think that's when this vulnerability thing can be difficult is when we have to engage it with other people, there's a little risk that's in there. Mm-hmm. But Absolutely. that we get to yeah. practice this with God first, and there's no risk mm-hmm. at all right. in being vulnerable right. with God. And so when we can get to a place where we feel at least a little more accepted, then he multiplies that. And then we can start practicing this with other people and it'll mm-hmm. be imperfect. And there will be people that will not be the people you're supposed to be walking right. these things out with, right. but he guides us in that process. Yeah. And the more, I mean, just to your point, like it's such a process, but the more you are with God, the more you trust what he says about who you are, the less harmful it will be, even when people hurt you. And mm-hmm. I don't mean necessarily in a physical way, but like in a emotional way, if you open yourself and someone rejects you or whatever, it will be less painful, the more you engage with God, than the less you engage with God, because you're, you're being sort of built over time in Christ to know who you are. And so, um, someone taking advantage of you or rejecting you, yes, that's going to trigger something from your past probably as it does so, for so many of us. And yeah. yes, it's going to hurt. And um, because of the way you've walked with God so far, it's going to hurt less and less. And mm-hmm. over time, of course, you want to trust people and there are certainly trustworthy people. Mm-hmm. Um, but the process is, you know, of walking it out is complicated. And yeah. the, the good news is God is with you in it. And if you can actually learn to, and I've, you know, I'm still learning this over and over of bringing God along in that, in the sense, I mean, that's a weird way of saying it, but it, it is, it lessens your vulnerability mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and to others, I should say. No. Yeah. And, and that's such an excellent point because there's a wisdom that grows in this too. And there becomes mm-hmm. this sense of, I'm not actually being rejected when this happens, the more we go through it, the more we see truth of who we are and we Mm -hmm. see who God is and we know what that looks like, then when it doesn't match that, then we're able to go, Hmm, that might actually have more to do with what they're going through. Right. So we have a greater ability to discern truth from lies Mm -hmm. and it's a block against the enemy getting in there and creating a narrative that would cause us to think, Oh, there's something wrong with me. That would cause that Mm -hmm. shame to rise up. That Mm -hmm. as we recognize the spirit's voice more clearly in our day to day, then we have such a greater ability to discern truth from lies. But I think then also we have a greater compassion, even for those people that would turn away from us that we could say, Oh, I understand that this actually may be, you've got some stuff going on Mm -hmm. in your relationship with the Lord too, or maybe that relationship's not super solid. And so that's where it becomes actually easy for us to have maybe some compassion towards those people Mm -hmm. as we get down the road. Now, obviously, you know, if people have hurt you significantly, it takes a longer time to get there, but it's where that, you know, those things of forgiveness can become possible and we can continue to move in the direction and the things that God has for us. We, we just have a greater sense of this is for me or this is not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's a great way of saying it. Yeah. So as you've been on this journey of, holy vulnerability yourself. What has been maybe one of the most surprising things that you've experienced? Um, I guess I would say 
some of it is just that, you know, you go through different seasons and you never quite have it all figured out, which, you know, to an achiever, you, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> you feel like this journey is supposed to be kind of like, okay, I'm continuing to excel and I'm just getting more perfect at this, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and really it's a little bit more like a spiral, like you're, um, you know, you're kind of walking this straight line maybe, and you're kind of getting farther away from the line and closer to the line, farther away and closer. And the closer to the line is, is that relationship with Jesus and the closer you are to that line. But you, I mean, we all do this, we stray away or people harm us and pull us away or, you know, there's life just gets busy and you kind of wander away. And so Mm -hmm. I guess what I've been surprised by is how often even having written this and having, I mean, when you write something, it's like you ingest it and you're, you know, you're just, that's all you do for a period of time. And yeah. it's like, even having done that, I still have these moments where I'm like, what is, what's happening? I don't understand. And I forget all of these practices. Like I don't do any of them and I don't, you know, and I forget that they even exist. And mm-hmm. it's, it's just that it's very human. And what I, what I tell myself is, okay, well, it's like, instead of judging it, to notice it mm, instead mm. of saying, Oh, I can't believe you wrote that book and you, you know, blah, 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 sort of whatever. Yeah. And instead just saying, Oh yeah. Okay. There that is. And I'm, I've wandered away a bit and I want to be back in the present. I've been coping too much in this way. Mm. You know, Amazon's become my best friend or whatever. And I need to move back. I can yeah. sort of notice and then move toward. Um, and I, that's been surprising, I guess. I feel a little embarrassed by it because it seems obvious in a lot of ways, but the truth is that we're all just kind of walking on this journey and we collect people along the way that help mm-hmm. us and um, we can walk with them and return with them and things like that. But that I, I wasn't expecting that. I thought like maybe once you have these and just practice them and that's, you know, that's the way it goes. And yes. it's just not true. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's sort of like I, and I go through these things where, you know, you'll have a routine for a while and they're your favorites mm-hmm. and, you know, yeah. you're just like clockwork and then something will happen. And maybe even something like, you know, the holidays, you know, something that yes. will throw you off your balance of routine. or, yeah. you know, kids have break or something like that. And then you kind of go like, oh, well, it's nice. Then I don't have to do these all the time. And then you lose them entirely. <laughs> and then it's like, yes. Oh. <laughs> yes. oh, that's so true. Yep. And nothing, it doesn't always happen. Like it's not always like this magical revelatory experience, right? Some scripture reading, some, you know, going in the garden, some serving is just kind of like, blah, you don't enjoy it. It's not doing anything you think, but really it's a thing that's happening over time. And so Mm. sticking with things or, or, you know, ensuring that you're intentional about it does matter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think with intentionality, there comes this flexibility. And I think that's one of the things you're mm-hmm. pointing to here with us being curious or us noticing things and not having so much judgment that sometimes we, yes. if we get into a routine, we judge ourselves. If we stray from it, we judge ourselves from not being able to get into a routine. And then if we could peel that away, the intentionality is to say, what is my offering today though, mm-hmm. with my time and that. with my body and with myself, just what do I want to offer the Lord today. Mm -hmm. And if we look at it that way, then we can build in flexibility. Then if you want to offer a similar thing day after day after day, great. If you want to offer, you know, from the list of the the buffet, awesome. Like just come as you are though, because God designed us to have some variety, but also have some consistency and Mm -hmm. just realizing that our seasons change. And as we do those things though, we may just find a new strength that we never even realized was there before. Yeah. 
Kelly, for a woman who is maybe thinking like, okay, I want to know more about how do I stay present? How do I mm-hmm. start to get curious and engage and, and, you know, start to think about what these practices would be? What's a good first step that you would consider? Uh, it's, it's a good question. I think it's funny. Someone said to me that they wished I had reversed the order of the practices in the book because he was telling me that he found the eat together chapter much mm. more accessible than the surrender your body chapter. And I loved, I mean, it, what a great point. All that to say, I think eating together is a great entry point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we, especially as moms, can overcomplicate or over-criticize ourselves about food and how, how we eat and what we feed our kids. And if we have people over what that looks like, and, and it can cause a lot of stress and, and even shame, you know, if you don't have the right whatever, you yeah. know, to serve. And so I guess like what I what I would want to say is, you know, there's this great scene at the end of the book of John where Jesus has been resurrected and he's waiting on the beach and he's cooked fish and he has bread and fish for his followers who he have the last time he saw them, you know, they turned away from him. And there's nothing fancy about this meal. And yet there's something so compelling and beautiful and healing in this meal. Mm. So Eating together, and you know, there's a whole chapter about it and how it's a practice. But the reality is that there's something unique that happens when we share food. And it's, I associate it with kind of this idea that we're doing something very elemental or feeding our bodies. And we know, like, as moms, that feeding kids, like, that's mm-hmm. how they grow. That's, you know, and, mm-hmm. and so there's something really human and elemental and also something. Um, that allows us to lean into our humanity. And when we lean into our humanity is when we often most experience God, when we are Mm. fully human and fully dependent on things, um, on God in particular, but on the things that our bodies need, that's when we can start to be fully present and, and be aware of God's presence with us. So I think I would suggest to people just like, don't overcomplicate it. Don't Try not to associate shame with it and things, but just practice this this eating together. Mm, I love the way you put that. And I think that dependency is really the crux of this entire vulnerability issue mm-hmm. is really putting our entire weight of all that we are, of everything in our being in God's hands. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there's nothing quite like understanding Number one, that, you know, this sustenance that we have from day to day comes from him, but that mm-hmm. our savior engaged in this with his followers yes. too. Like yes. what a beautiful, beautiful depiction of him standing on the beach. I'm just thinking of this, like <laughs> on the shore, you know, like know. just a, just a beautiful sense of here. He has redeemed all of humanity and yet he yeah. still is tending for their day-to-day physical bodily needs. Right. And you can just picture them like passing, like I often picture them passing the fish because it doesn't like they don't have silverware, I don't right, think, or, right, you know, right. no one brought the plastic forks. So it's like, meal, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so their hands are touching, you know, and they're pulling apart the bread and they're, you know, picking apart the fish and, you know, just like at your house, there's crumbs falling on the ground yeah, and nobody yeah. cares because what they're focused on is like, oh my gosh, we get to be together. We get to be with Jesus in this moment. And that's, that that still happens in mm-hmm. our in our day to day life. Mm. 
So, so good. That's you give me a new thought to have at dinner time tonight. I think (laughs) (laughs) Kelly, I am just so thankful Mm. for your approach to the subject and the, the guidance that you've given here at the end of every conversation. I ask each guest the same question. And if it is, if there was just one thing that you would want a single mom to know, what would it be? I mean, you matter in the body of Christ. You matter. It's not, you're not a deformed part of the body of Christ. You're not a, well, until you're married part of the body of Christ. You're not some sort of exception. You you matter for who you are and what you're doing and um, the gifts that you can bring. And maybe it's for a season and maybe it's for the rest of your life. But either way, it, I mean, you matter. And to suggest or to think that you don't is not a thought that's from God. Mm, Such a beautiful reminder. Thank you. Mm. Kelly, I wanted to know if you would tell listeners about your book and how they can follow along with you. Yeah. So I, I'm pretty terrible at marketing. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) you can, um, obviously the book is available kind of anywhere you, you would want to buy books, Amazon and Barnes and Noble, and also at NAV press, which is the publisher. I do have a blog that I'm not great at keeping up with, although it's got a lot of content on it. And, um, that's just kellyfabian.com and you can find, um, stuff updates and things there. I do do a holy vulnerability book group on Monday nights that I've, started through Facebook. And so that's been a really fun group. And I'm thinking I might do it again and um, once this one's over in a few weeks. So those are different ways to connect with me. But I think, you know, the best, the my heart's desire would be that God would use the book in you and wherever you are um, in your life to just speak to you and to, and to allow you to move closer to Him. Mm. And I will actually have links in the show notes for the listeners so they can find those resources more easily. But Kelly, just thank you so much for joining me today. Mm, Thank you. Thank you so much. It was a privilege. If you enjoyed this episode with Kelly, I've got a couple others that I can recommend for you. Check out episode 90, Try Harder, Try Softer, Harnessing the Gifts of Compassion and Curiosity in Trauma Recovery with Andy Kolber, and also episode 79, Are You Really Okay? How Getting Honest with Yourself Unlocks Hope and Wholeness with Deborah Faleda. As we wrap up the conversation, I'd like to draw your attention to a couple of resources available for you in the show notes. The first is our guided scripture meditation that goes along with each and every episode that you can find at the Agape Moms YouTube channel. Also, there's a link there to follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Agape Moms and to join the private Facebook group, Beloved Collective. Lastly, if you'd like to spend some time reflecting in prayer on what you've learned in this episode, check out the link for our free podcast pages, journaling pages. Thanks for spending time with me today. I'm praying for you and that you would know that you are seen and you are beloved.